These two are interesting. <laughs> okay, should be up and recording. And so, uh, all right. You want to start, Trish? Yeah, except I want to talk to them too. I mean, I'm, I am so sorry that this thing got pushed back and pushed back, but I'm glad we finally got to do this. It's For always sure. perfect. It's always okay. the right time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. Wait a minute. How, how do we pronounce your name? We were discussing that. Is it uh, Miki? Is that Mika. right? Mika. 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 See, I told you, Rob. Okay, Mika. All right. And well. her, and Paul's name is easy. Paul. <laughs> I, I took it easy. Oh, Paul and Mika. <laughs> right. okay. okay. All right. If, All everybody, right. if, yeah, if, if everybody's ready, we'll uh, start in three, two, one. And Rob McGregor welcome you to a place where all kinds of phenomena flourish. Voices whisper, ancient secrets, signs and symbols are abundant. UFOs, ETs, ghosts, and even the dead move about freely. Here we meet authors, researchers, and investigators of the mysterious, the strange, and of the inexplicable anomalies that surround us. Step out of the everyday world and take a journey into the mystical underground. Welcome to the mystical underground. Thank you for joining us. This is Trish McGregor and Rob McGregor and our tech magician, John Posey. You can go to themysticalunderground.com where we make regular blog posts and we can find out about our books. Among them are Phenomena, Harnessing Your Psychic Abilities, The Secret of Spirit Communication, Sensing the Future, and Aliens in the Backyard. Our most recent book is The Shift, Reports from the Mystical Underground. Trisha's latest novel is White Crows and Rob's seventh Indiana Jones novel, The Staff of Kings. Okay, Rob, take it away. <laughs> All right. We met Mika and Paul Benton on a Caribbean cruise earlier this year. Um, <clears throat> is the author of My Life is a Mystery, which is co-authored with Paul, uh, about her many mystical experiences and alien encounters. Both Mika and Paul have spent decades exploring alternate healing, geomancy, UFO investigations, interdimensional realities, and more. Mika grew up in Belgium and worked as a social worker. Paul is from Hood River, Oregon, where I've been windsurfing in pastures, <laughs> and uh, was a dentist who left his profession as a result of a, a benevolent uh, ET encounter, uh, which we can which we can ask about. The story of how they met and uh, overcame uh, both geographic distance and their age difference is a fascinating story. And I think we'd like to talk about that to start out. Uh, welcome, Paul and Mika. Hey. Thank you, Rob. Nice to meet you. Thanks. To now, okay, tell us how you Thank met. You. <laughs> how we met. Well, <laughs> we'll try to do this uh, short. So I'm from Belgium. We met when we I was 27 in an alternative healing retreat in Oregon. I was doing alternative healing in Belgium. And Paul was doing the same thing in Oregon. And his teacher in Oregon is a Belgian. And they decided to do a joint <laughs> retreat in Oregon in the hot springs. With Belgians, 30 Belgians, and about 30 of a piece, people in our school, which is a practical school of wisdom and compassion. 
That was our mystery oh. school. Yeah, cool. We were both nice not looking for a relationship. That was very clear for our reasons. I had several long-term relationships and I needed to learn to be by myself and that was clear. So I was there for my own internal connection to self and inner development. So I was definitely not open to any relationship. That worked, I huh? Was, <laughs> I was just out of a, a hard uh, child custody case, which I did win, um, but it followed, of course, a divorce, which was not a, a happy situation. So I was all healing from those situations. And so I was not looking for a relationship. I kind of swore off any more relationships. It's like, boy, I don't want to go there again. And uh, so that's where we started this. Uh, and he was too busy raising his very three small kids at the time. So oh, that wow. was where his, his focus went. He was single dad and three jobs, three, three jobs, kids, three small kids, full-time <laughs> custody. So that's where his focus was. Three jobs, one for each kid. <laughs> kind of, yes. <laughs> So when you got married, uh, Mika, you suddenly became a mother of three children, young children. Yeah, I jumped cultures for all of a sudden from being a young, single person. I, I was married with three small kids, another culture. I had nobody from family or friends around me. I was the only one. It was a pretty uh, jump off the cliff, but... Very yeah. brave. Very brave. Meant to be. <laughs> so, and you lived in Hood River for a while, I think, didn't you? A short time, yes. That was my home. That's where I was born and raised. Right. And, we uh, love so we had River. A, we had a little house there that we were renting from one of our relatives, one of my relatives. And um, so when we when we got together, that's where we decided to land. That was basically the only choice, choice we really had. <laughs> now, so, did you ever live in Belgium? Paul, with, I have with... never lived in, in Belgium. And I had <laughs> never visited Europe before we met. You were married there, though, weren't you, in Belgium? Yes. Yeah. Well, you know, I thought, gosh, I'm jumping to the other <laughs> side of the world. Nobody knows Paul. They've never seen him. So I'm selling bye to everyone. I might as well show him to my family. And uh, Paul's teacher, who's a Belgian, said, it's better to marry in Belgium because the paperwork goes faster and blah, blah, blah. So I said, <laughs> well, I better show my parents who I'm getting married to, right? So we decided to marry in Belgium. Yeah. Paul, how old are your children now? They were young when you when uh, I, I read the book, and they were very young then. How how about now? So what, 28, 31, and 33? Wow, oh, they're okay. out on their own. Right? They are. <laughs> okay. That's why now, I do they, <laughs> now, do they speak any languages? It's a result of your influence? Mika? I tried when they were young. I, you know, I taught them some, um, some Dutch and I speak several languages. So I, I tried. My, <laughs> our daughter was the one who was most interested. And in high school, she, she learned some French and she was most focused. And now they're saying, I wish you pushed harder, but you, know, you, can't, <laughs> yeah. force, you can't force that. Uh, at least no. they had a sense of what languages are about. Uh, of course, with English, most my family and friends, uh, they speak English, so you can go mm -hmm. away. But um, it's great to have two cultures come together and learn from each other languages. It's a, it's a good thing to have. Oh. We made several trips with all of the kids to Europe and to Belgium and traveled around through France and Germany and oh, great. Uh, Netherlands. I mean, just to, to acquaint them with two things, travel and then also uh -huh. different languages, different cultures. And we moved to Maui for a year, so they had some culture. Oh, that's nice. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Uh -huh. yeah. Well, good. So they had a good childhood. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, is sometime after you met, I understand that you both you realized that both of you had had ET encounters and some unusual experiences. Uh, can we go into a bit about that? Uh, Mika, you, you, you had encounters as early as two, uh, age two and a half? So. That, that I recall, uh, now I think it's a lifetime, a lifelong contract, soul contract. So yeah. I think it goes be- beyond before that, but I do have conscious recollection by that time. And then it was confirmed afterwards too that, yeah. So um, I had uh, alien abduction experiences from age two and a half that I recall in my hometown, Danza, in Belgium. And do you want me to share about that? Yeah, you you recall it, right? What I recall? Okay. So um, I remember being taken. So I go to bed at night. I remember being taken into a completely foreign environment. Nothing of my worldly... uh, experience was resembled there so i do remember laying down like on what it's called like it's like a cold metal like a surgery bed or something Uh so -hmm. i'm completely laying down naked i am terrified to the bone for two reasons i can't move out of my own fear and terror but i also know now because of uh, technologies they use to to paralyze you so I had no control over anything. I only had my consciousness in that body that was completely frozen. And uh, I'm laying down naked on this cold bed. It's very cold and uncomfortable. And I can only experience what I saw from my vision above me, uh-huh. which was uh, three, uh, what I call now pre-mantis. Okay, I don't have proof. It's the right. most resemblance to what I know from creatures here. Um Pre-mantis looking like creatures. Uh, two of them were like the main ones. So I'm, I'm sharing with you as I look above me. And I see their face, triangle face. I see their upper limbs. We were moving very choppy with claws. And sharp, yeah, sharp and pointing yeah, claws. And uh, two of them were the main ones. And then there was a third one was assisting or something. And they looked and felt like doctors or surgeons. Did they and communicate they were, with you in any way? Um, I don't. I was so in fear. I yeah. do not recall any communication except my own terror. Um, they were probing in my body with their claws. Ooh. So. <laughs> that couldn't feel good. <laughs> no. Well, it was terror. I. I don't know. I, yeah, like I said, I was paralyzed. So, and they were moving above me. They were observing me. They were probing in my body, in my belly area. And um, that's all I remember. I also remember there were some smaller beings on the floor, but I couldn't see it because it was lower than uh-huh. the table I was laying on. And I only remember from my saw, from my vision, lower, smaller beings moving around, shoveling around, but I don't have. Uh, Visual. I don't have yeah. information about that. Hmm. And then the next, so they were doing with my body. Then the and nothing was. There was very sterile place, very plain, just mm-hmm. the cold table and those beings that I re- recall. And then I remember being back in my home environment, uh, with the same terror, with the memories, with the whole Ooh. recollection of it. 
sometimes I was turned around in my bed that I remember. So I was coming back in a different way than I was uh, 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 left. And were then, you wearing pajamas or clothes by then when they took you back? Uh, you know, I don't recall at this time. I asked because we've heard that sometimes you, you know, you're naked when you go up and then when you come back, you've got your pajamas on and the shirt's inside out or, or some weird or somebody else Or somebody else's clothes. Yeah, or yeah. somebody else's clothes. I don't have any, I don't have any recollection of that. What I do recall then is with my small little mind, I had to come up with a strategy because I was coming out to something that I had no understanding what I was coming out of. And I came up with three solutions with my little mind. As all right, or one one, and I sometimes chose different things. I decided, okay, shall I? I'm brave enough to walk to my mom's bedroom, my parents' bedroom, who was on the other side of the hallway, a very dark hallway with all kinds of entities and stuff, because I was very sensitive and knew there was stuff out there. Am I brave enough to brave this whole dark hallway with whatever's hanging there? to get to the room and climb in their bed sometimes i did okay if i didn't dare to do that in that moment and and because i had more than one experience then the second option i came up with was i'm going to scream (laughs) hopefully loud enough so they hear me to come to my room sometimes that worked sometimes i screamed and no sound came out Um, and then a third method I sometimes use was to think very loud. It's like distracting with my own thoughts in the hope I'm going to fall asleep. Like I don't want to mm. think about what I just got home. But if I think very loud in my head and, you know, make some noise, maybe I will fall asleep and that will be over. But that I didn't really dare all the time because sometimes I knew I could go straight back to it. Right. So I wanted to have some solution where a parent was involved. And the, the the trauma was, okay, I had the experience that was, you know, sounds traumatic, which it felt traumatic, but the, the deepest soul trauma was for me then when my parents came, they said, oh, it's over now. It was just a dream. They had no idea what I went through, which I understand now. How could nah. they, right? But for me, I, I, I carried this my whole life that I had experiences that were not <clears> recognized. <throat> It was, they were not acknowledged. Uh, my little Mika inside of me was never validated for the, the, the value of the uh-huh. truth of the experience. And I carried that separation inside of me between my experience and my outside world. And there was no link in between because I could not express what right. I uh, experienced. Now, my dad was observant. He was trying to do the good. He was really trying to figure out why does she has those nightmares, as they call uh-huh. them? And um, when I got my, my bedroom at two years old, they put uh, wallpaper in with, uh, what's it in English? Little Red Riding Hood and okay. the big bad boy. Yeah, okay. You know, so I had that on my wallpaper, all these, <laughs> you know, pictures that repeated itself. And my dad, I remember him asking me, but I also remember I was too young to explain to him. So he says, what are you so scared from? Are you scared from the wolf? Little Red Riding Hood, yeah. He thought that was giving me nightmares. But I was thinking in my little mind, oh, my God, those creatures that just encountered are the little wolf on that wallpaper. I mean, not to compare with this right. real life experience I had, but I was too small. I couldn't repeat. And he changed my wallpaper. They changed the wallpaper mm. thinking that might be the reason. So he was really trying hard to figure out 
what was going on with me. Yeah. Anyway, so, so, uh, some of these uh, experiences that people have are multi generational. Is there any indication of your parents having any experience like that? Uh, well, I asked them, and uh, I mean, my dad was uh, deceased after I asked my mom. I asked my recently, I asked my, my family members. They don't recall. My brother does have memories that tells me, yes, my brother's. Uh, pretty much in the spiritual uh, realm where we are, but he's autistic and he has, you know, a lot of fears. Autistic. Yeah, there's a lot mm -hmm. of fears. So, in my in my feeling, yes, it is a generational thing. Uh, my grandfather was also looking into uh, the universe and astronomy. So, I say yes, but I don't mm -hmm. have from them confirmation yeah. too much. Yeah. Now, yeah. what about you, Paul? You had this benevolent encounter. So what, what was that? Well, my first benevolent encounter was a friend and myself were up in the hills and uh, up in the mountains near Mount Hood. Mm -hmm. And we were just sitting there and we were watching, just watching out and it was dark. And this light comes across this ridge and we we're commenting to each other, what's a strange place for a... Uh, <clears throat> For an airplane, let me get my fingers up here where you can see. I don't know where I am. So it was coming across from right to left and very slowly. But it wasn't like the flashing lights that usually airplanes have. It was just a slow, solid light. Mm -hmm. And then it did this kick off in a flash, straight up, a 90 degree turn and disappeared in a flash. And we're mm. looking at each other and we're going, well, that's not from around here. <laughs> That was that was our comment, but we didn't know much about ETs at that time or, or UFOs. Mm -hmm. But that was definitely something that was unusual. So that was when I was like what, 19, mm -hmm. somewhere around there. 1979, you said. Yeah, 1979, so about 19. And then the other, the real, the one that got me, the one that really uh, changed my whole career direction, I was a practicing dentist, just a few years into practice. And one day I had, an, one e afternoon, I had a horrible headache. And I didn't get headaches, so I thought, well, let me just send the staff home, lock up the office, and I'll lie down in my chair and see if I can get rid of this headache. So I lie down in the chair, and I'm kind of halfway dozing off, and then all of a sudden notice that there are two other beings in the room with me. They're standing behind me. Jeez. And it was like, and my first thoughts were like, what, what are you doing here? Which I, I think I uttered that to them. And they uh, communicated to me. Now, I don't know if this was in English or telepathically. I can't. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But it felt very real. And they said, well, we noticed you have a headache. And I thought that was pretty amazing. It, you know, <laughs> so that kind of eased my uh, fear of what was going uh -huh. on. Like they weren't going to take me or whatever. And so I said, yes, I have a very, very bad headache. And at that point, they produce an, uh, like a wand or a rod that was about 18 inches where am I? Uh -huh. in the deal? About 18 <laughs> inches long and about an inch or inch and a half in diameter. And it had some little like knobs or uh -huh. uh, adjustment things on it. And they're behind me. And all I do is get a, a side of this out of the, from the side. And they wave this thing over my head back and forth. And they says, well, the reason you have a headache is because you have a brain tumor. And wow. I'm, <laughs> that, that was just great news for me, right? I'm going, oh, so I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I'm just new in the, just starting to break even in my practice, and now I have a brain tumor. That's not good. And they again uh, conveyed to me, said, well, not to worry. And they did something to this device 
And then they waved it back over my head about three times. And the pain went away. And they said, there, it's gone. Well, being in the medical field, I was astonished and amazed by this, whatever the heck this was. And so I said, well, that's amazing. Where can I get one of those? <laughs> thinking, thinking what store? This, you know, if, if you can get rid of a brain tumor in a matter of you know 30 seconds, how useful would that be on this planet? You know, or just yeah, well, people I, that I knew that were dealing with different uh, deals. And they said, well, we'll send you one. <laughs> wow. And so I said, I said, I said, great. Where do you live? Well, I'm on the second floor of a two-story building with nothing <laughs> above but skylights and, and the sky, night sky. And they point straight up. Oh, boy. So yeah. I'm going like, okay, uh, so you're not local. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I thought I could maybe drive to where they were, you know, and, and pick up this device. So no, and then they disappear. They're gone. And I'm in this dark office. The doors are still locked. The windows are still cl closed. The only, thing, only lights coming wow. into the office was from street lights because I was on the main street of in Hood River, small town. But still, there was a little bit of light coming in. And they're gone. And so they disappeared the same way they showed up, evidently. And I what was just like know? in awe. And I sat, so I'm thinking, what could this be? What could this be? And I <laughs> realized, well, maybe it was something to do with frequency, something, you know, because they could read it and then they could yeah. adjust or something. And so I changed my whole career path. I went to uh, uh, to computer school to study programming and operations uh. and computers in San Francisco. And that's very early on. That's early 80s. So there wasn't a whole lot going on, but I could do that. So I changed my whole career based on, like, I got to figure out what this is. And if it's uh, as great as I think it is, we could certainly use it with, you know, with all the huh. elements. Did you ever see it. them? Pardon me? See what they, did you ever see them? What they look well, like? They were behind me. I did not uh -huh. get, honestly, Trish, I did not get a good look at them. I wish, yeah. I, I, wish I had spent more time at that. I was more interested in this one right yeah in the wand <laughs> i want one of those i want one of those where can i get one <laughs> anyway so i checked it you know ups and mail and everything for actually for years and which it didn't, is a joke but it's yeah. kind of a joke but it, did, <laughs> it didn't show up i mean it just i kind of let go of that i was doing my own research <clears> and <throat> into medical applications to computers and great things mm. were happening of course in the 80s and 90s um all the different types of uh but they could do imaging in different ways and right. ways of treating certain diseases. They could use, you know, lasers and different things. Anyway, mm -hmm. so I was following that track. And so at that point, I didn't know it. Recently, however, I've been uh, informed that the technology is on the planet. We do have this technology and it is uh. Uh, being sequestered by certain groups of people. It's not open mm. to the general public. Um, but the, the group that I'm associated with, uh, Connecting Consciousness, the, one of the founders of that, Simon Parks, mentioned in one of his uh, talks that he was giving to our group that, yeah, we, we now have these healing wands. So that's yeah. why, I call, why I call it a wow. healing wand. And so I'm like, what, 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 what? <laughs> so I figured they did get sent to us. Somebody got them, and now that they're actually available on the planet, which was amazing. I believe this is like the MedBed technology that is coming into the pro MedBed. Ah. MedBed. These are uh, you see, uh, in, like on Star Trek or uh, uh, what is the other one? Stargate. Stargate. Star Trek. Those movies have that technology. That seems uh -huh. to show that technology. In yeah. it. So it's like huh. okay. It will be available 
soon, I think, but when we don't know. But it it does exist. That's what we know. Jeez. For sure. So that was, a, you know, I, of course, that was a long time between when I first experienced that yeah. and when they're coming out. But fine, it, you know, if it comes out now, it's, it's better than never. So, and you never, I mean, you you haven't had these headaches again or any, and no, wow, no headaches. Don't. That's pretty incredible. Right. So I, again, though, Trish, I had no uh, proof that I had a right a tumor of any kind other than just an excruciating headache which i didn't never had before yeah. and haven't had since well it's good that whatever it was they took it away <laughs> i mean that was that, it that was my yeah that was my feeling exactly uh -huh. like, whatever it was i'm glad they did that but yeah. it did change my whole career path uh, do you find it easier now to talk about these type of experiences uh than in the past uh are people do people seem more open to you, to uh, willingness to listen? Very much so. Um, actually, we had a, a met Travis Walton, who was the, yeah. the subject of Fire in the right. Sky. And he we went to a film festival in Sonoma, which was in California where we were living at the time. And we got to meet him. We like to meet people so we can see uh -huh. you know, who are, who's who's here, who's real, who's, you know, full of, full of it. <laughs> right. And figure out from that situation. So we met Travis Walton at this film festival and he's very real and incredibly um, wonderful man, very strong heart, very, but he's very quiet, mostly very quiet. And uh, so he doesn't get out there. He is way more now, but of course, Fire in the Sky came out in like 89 or something. Yeah. I think. And I had never met anybody talking about abduction experiences till I heard Travis story. I'm like, oh, what? really? His story is really something. The, yeah, not that it's the same mm -hmm. our experience, but it was the first person that I heard talk about. I'm like, whoa, and he's going to be in our neighborhood. I need to feel this guy. I mean, you know, I need to see him and yeah. feel him. And how does he talk about it? And how, I mean, I was curious about that. How do you talk about those things, right? So we met him. And since then, we kind of gave ourselves permission to start with friends. Right. Share. Uh, and, and the more we, and then we went, went to some experiences groups. I was very, uh, very uncomfortable in the beginning talking about it. But the reason why Paul and I start talking about it, because we didn't know we had each our experiences. But right. after we got married, shortly, after we shortly, got married. Uh, a few months after. Um, so I was, you know, just married kids and other culture. And I had those <laughs> moments that it was so overwhelming that I was like, I <laughs> I was in a battle with myself because of all the shifts I was making. And one day I was like, I couldn't handle myself. I was in a pissy mood, or, but I don't want to throw that on them because I know yeah. it's my internal process, right? I didn't want to throw my fit on Paul or the kids. I knew it was, I need to work through something. So I said, Paul, I'm going to go outside, sit at the tree. I, I needed some <laughs> connection with nature to find some grounding. He says, okay. So but at this big... point, he didn't know? No. No. Oh, okay. That's no, no, no. We did not know from each other we had experiences. At we were all. just in this early relationship. And yeah. first right, thing he right. says, hey, I got this ET experience. You know, you don't want to get thrown out <laughs> well, that early. <laughs> and also yeah, those right. memories, those memories were buried too, because if there's no way to talk about it, you don't bring them up. So they right. go in the background of your consciousness, right? Yeah. So I'm sitting at this tree, just trying to, comes with some grips with my own internal discomfort and all of a sudden I see in the sky a red fiery ball 
flying in front of me from the le upper left all the way down to on the ground somewhere behind the trees in the distance. It just shocked me. Wow. So Talk I about was, a sign. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. I was like from and it's like, I need some help. What I'm at. <laughs> there it was. And I was hardly daring to go inside. So, but I just braved myself and I'm like, so I run inside, Paul, 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 and I tell him what I just saw. And I'm trying to comfort her because I had seen this thing, way, I mean, a long time before. I said, it's okay, Mika. Oh. It's all right. It's, you know, uh, it is what it is, but you're safe now and you're okay. So he you know. went outside to see if he could find it. And then it. I went outside to see if I could see the remnants. Right. Didn't see anything. But that was the initial... Uh, experience where it starts the conversation between uh -huh. us because then as we just talked about that then he said he what he experienced then my memory is like oh yeah and so the whole packet came back into our awareness wow. and we started talking between the two of us just between us so we didn't just share the two of us. outside yeah and then uh, 10 yeah, 10 or 20 years before we actually, oh, 15, oh, wow. 15 years right. before we actually right. came out with that. And then, Was it a shock <laughs> to you, Paul? That she this, had experiences? Uh, well, when she relayed what her experiences were, it was kind of like, oh, no, really? Ah, yeah. Ah. <laughs> because mine was, mine was very, very benevolent. Right. So, so I considered, well, these, whatever these are, are they're, you know, they're just here. Uh, like the like the deer in the woods, they're not going to cause any harm. Yeah. Um, so I didn't know, but when she ex uh, expressed her experiences, then it was like a little bit more like, okay, okay, there are different experiences, <laughs> different species. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Maybe different. I didn't know, but uh, we learned a lot later that. Uh, and and yeah. after after we married, and you know, life goes on. I had several more uh, <clears throat> UFO sightings that I also wrote in the book about. Mm -hmm. So it keeps going, right? This is not just a one current right. event. It is a lifelong synchronicities and events. And I mean, you know, like I said, my the book, the name of the book, My Life is a Mystery, because right. all these things happen. As they occur, you think it's a separate thing. But it's but not. If you back up in your it's life, all connected. It's, not. it's all connected. A lot is connected, yes. Yeah, that's true. What do you think they are interested in with you, both of you? What what these encounters are about? Rob, my sense was is that they were trying to share some technology with the plant. How do you uh -huh. do that? How do you introduce in technology to a species that is not really there yet? You know, as, mm -hmm. as I figure that they're, I don't know, thousands of years, maybe millions of years ahead of us in their technology. How would you do that to a group of, you know, you have to find first somebody willing or open enough to, <laughs> that was my thought. Well, you yeah. know, here I am in the medical field and I'm open. I'd already had experiences. So I wasn't like, I wasn't freaked out when this thing occurred to me. I was a bit surprised, but not freaked out. So I Now, had, what, it, what had happened to you before this? You said I'd you seen had one up in the up in the mountains. I saw this light come across. Oh, that okay. So that was it. You know, it's just like okay, <laughs> something's here. Uh huh. And it hmm. didn't seem to be harmful. And I realized that you know there's nothing in the news, you know, right. except except they don't exist. They never have. Yeah. They never will. Blah blah blah. Blah blah blah. <laughs> well, yeah, right. Species in the in the universe, and it's like so. I was pretty clear from that time that we were being uh, not told the truth. I'll put it that way, that there's yeah. all, all this information was being hidden. 
And I was very fortunate to have experience to show me otherwise. Yeah. And especially in my with my scientific background, I could at least grapple with what are the implications of this. Mm-hmm. That's it. Huh. Interesting. Well, Mika, you 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 came from kind of an unusual family. You're uh, I, I found the one part where you're talking about your father's sister was born without eyeballs. How strange yeah. is that? Well, I always wondered why am I born in a family with so many um, disabilities, mostly uh, eye eye problems. So, uh-huh. and there's only a few people in the world I heard. I don't know. I don't have any statistics, or I don't know the truth about that. But with no eyeballs at all. Then oh. my dad had one eye, a little ball, so not completely developed. Uh-huh. And his other eye was not good as either. So he was almost blind his whole life. His mom, same thing. (laughs) One eye, smallly developed. And then my my father's sister, Noelle's. Then my grandmother, who has one little small eyeball, her brother, his son also is blind. And um, they, they are like musically savants. They stay at a five-year-old or, you know, a, a kid's mentality, but they have those physical disabilities. And I'm like, you know. Tell, tell a little story about when your father, when you were first born and your father takes you over. Well, yeah, because of that, uh, well, then the other thing, my mom and dad are nephew and niece and also my grandparents. I mean, it's like this whole, genetic. oh, that's why, interesting. why is this yeah. genetic thing happening? Why? And then when I was born, I was the first born. My mom had two miscarriages before me, which I think I might have something to do with that too. You know, you try mm-hmm. to come in several mm-hmm. times to get adjusted the frequency here. Um, so when I was born, I was the first born after two miscarriages. Um, the first thing my dad was early in the morning was bring me to the light. To the window. As a little baby, right? Uh-huh. And my mom says, and he started, he started shouting, she can see, she can see. And wow. my mom says, how in the hell do you know that? <laughs> right. And then my dad said, because she's blinking her eyes when he exposed me to the light. Huh. Right. And so that's, uh, it was important for them because they had all these family traits. Right. right. Anyway, so I always wondered, why is that? Now, you want me to share about my grandmother's experience? Yeah. The thing about the bird's head. That was really weird. (laughs) That was very weird. It is. Um, Again, so because my dad's sister had no eyeballs and was mentally also, um, you know, stayed at age five about. And she had her first menstruation at age seven, I think. Seven or eight. I mean, just interesting uh, physical abnormalities. And uh, so she was a lot of the time in institutions in the week. And then in the weekend, sometimes she came home. And mm-hmm. um, so when I was a kid, and I don't know what age I was when she started telling me that. Probably when I was like eight or nine, where I could your, start comprehending Right, things. your grandmother, not your sister. Yeah, my grandmother. Did right. I say sister? Well, you're talking about your aunt. Oh, yeah. So yeah. my grandmother, the mother of my disabled uh, aunt. Um, she confined to me and she always shared that with me like in a, in a more softer voice <laughs> that she went to those institutions and because of the connections she had, uh-huh. you know, she had some connections. <laughs> she was uh, let into like a secret part of this institution. There was a part where they kept away, away the unspeakable away from things the public. away. 
Yeah. And she was let in there. And she told me, she said that she saw something very weird. And uh, she said she saw a human body with a bird's head. God. And I just listened. That's... I mean, you know, you'd be a dope. Yeah, what do you say? That's yes. what they experienced. And I, I didn't say that wasn't true. I was just very intrigued by it. I remember every time she shared it with me, a, I don't know, a handful of times, a few times during my life, always, you know, like she conf- she trusted me to share her experience. Uh-huh. And I just listened. I didn't respond much. And I'm like, huh, interesting. Yeah, human. I mean, I was trying to visualize that. And then one time I said, so why do you think it was a bird's head? I mean, why do you yeah, say that's... that? Why do you think? And then her answer was, and it was the only thing she, we talked about that. She says, because it had a beak. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, Damn. okay. So we right, never there's... really, we never really went more into that. I just remember she sharing me that a few times that she was let into that special section. Now oh. I know, I mean, after all these years, they do experiments with, you know, genetics, with, with species intermingling. I mean, it's that whole story, I think, E.T. story, too, about mixing genetics. And now they have this whole uh-huh. cloning thing going on. I mean, who knows what they're doing? But for well, me, that was the, proof. <clears throat> what kind of institution was this? I mean, was this, it, it, it was, was a mental institution. Me- yeah, an institution uh-huh. with disabled people. Disabled because people. I remember as a kid, I go in there and there's always this handicapped people. Oh, uh-huh. they come at you. <laughs> I mean, I was used and exposed to that weird behavior. And then as a teenager, I, I mean, I went to college to work in special education because I, mean, I was born into it. I, have, uh-huh. I was born into a family with all these abnormalities, you know, as well mentally as uh, physical as physical stuff. Yeah. So I was exposed as a very young age to handle all those weird people coming to you with all these behaviors and, and abnormal abnormal abnormalities. So. I think it's interesting that uh, in mythology, we do have creatures that are human with uh, birds' heads. Uh, e- uh, in Egyptian mythology in particular, uh, exactly. we see these uh, creatures, and I always wondered whether they actually existed <laughs> at uh, one time, or that they uh, it was possible to create uh, such beings, and that they were, uh, at one point, they were you know, blocked or banished. Uh, it's uh, interesting. I, it's, a, it's a great, it's a great question, Rob. So I'll, we'll, and, uh, and I think we, they, we wondered about that too. Yeah, and to me, they do exist. Uh, if you say why our T's are here, I think we're part of the story. I think we're part of the creators. We think we are in this human part. You know, this is uh-huh. who I am. But I think this is just a very small fraction of who I am. I have other parts of me in other dimensions. I recall flying spaceships myself in two occasions. So I mm-hmm. I experienced like I have my personality here with all the conditioning of this life. I have other parts in other realities. And I believe I am part of this larger picture of humanity and beyond where we designed everything together. Uh-huh. So I think those beings exist. I remember and as a teenager, my, my brother is an artist. He's autistic and an artist. He made a beautiful picture of a... What was it? A horse body with a other creature's head. Huh. Very nicely done. But mythology is yeah. lots of that. And I think those abduction yeah. experience had to do also with, or not only had to do with uh, shifting DNA and mm-hmm. you know 
twisting things and seeding more consciousness or whatever. But I think, I think I am part of this larger experiment, not only as the experiencer, but also as the designer of it. I think we're, mm-hmm. we're all of it. Interesting. I don't see me yeah. as a victim of it, even if it felt very terrifying. I, I, I think I've been all parts. Huh. So now, have you, you had, go ahead, Rob. <laughs> yeah, you said you had uh, flown these crafts a couple of times. Uh, we had another guest that uh, had made the, the same comments uh, a couple months Dolly. ago. Yeah, and she also said she went to Jupiter with his craft. And, and in your book, you say the same thing, right? Yeah, that, that was my that was my experience. Yeah, I remember flying. Um, I had a person with me was like an assistant. We were on a mission, uh, our own craft, and I remember looking through the window and Jupiter was hanging there tilted in this black, pick black sky. It was beautiful, wow. powerful, and very impressive. And we, I was observing Jupiter and I was logging everything. You know, I was observing and. And I was very much uh, professionally knowing what I was doing, very confident huh. in my job. And uh, yeah, that's that was one of the experiences I had. <laughs> but oh. this this other one, this Dolly that he's referring to, she, um, Preston Dennett, who's probably written more UFO books than anybody else on the planet, wrote his one of his books is called symmetry and it's about her story she like you was an abductee from the time she was really small and was taught how to fly these crafts now she she claims that ets have left our galaxy because basically earth is doomed (laughs) you know in terms of climate change and shortages and etc etc and that um so now she she moved across the country and both she and Preston are living in the mountains in Georgia and have a greenhouse where they're growing their own food because they believe that there are going to be vast shortages of food. It's going to be really bad, in other words. You know, it's going to be like eight eight or ten years of survival. So, I mean, I don't, have, to... I don't have that. Uh, I, Thank I don't God. See... It's good to know. I don't <laughs> see it that way. <laughs> My outlook is incredibly positive. Uh, I see from this point on, we're just expanding. We le- we are leaving behind this fear-based victimhood consciousness. That's good. We're expanding beyond this duality or good and bad and fearful. And we are moving into an awareness where we embrace all of the things we have lived. And we are going beyond that, which is an abundant consciousness. It is where everybody is... Uh, accepted for who they are the uh-huh. battles are gone so i'm and it's already here I not in florida that's why i was uh, warning you guys about not moving to florida i mean i'd love to have you in florida but i have no fear uh, i know i, no, I know that's good okay. i am guided where i'm supposed to be i have no i i'm supposed to be dead several times i know um, i choose my own timing uh so uh, I have more stuff to do. And if my time is ready, we'll be clear and I will be gone. So yeah. but, well, the expansion yeah. going on is so incredible. The shift I feel, we just went to Belgium for six weeks. The shift that already happened is, I mean, in the last few years, it's it's very positive in my experience. Yeah, no, I mean, overall, I think it is. I agree. 
I mean, especially, you know, these congressional hearings about UFOs, even though I don't think they're coming clean about everything. It's interesting <laughs> that there's certainly more open, you know, it's like, yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah, okay, more lies. But at least they, they're trying, you know, which you got to give them credit for. But it's well, always, I, they're, they're only talking about the crafts. They never yeah, say. Yeah, right. They don't talk about what, the beings. What's inside? <laughs> well, my, well I, okay. I, I always want to add something to this because everything can be used for the good or the bad in this duality where we're still in it. So I always tell, I mean, I want to tell people, yes, it's great that they come out with it and they share, <laughs> but use your own bullshit detector, which is right. your solar plexus and feel if you see anything with your five senses, just don't use your only senses, go to your right. inner feeling. And if if they project something in the sky or whatever, what does what's your feeling? Do you only see it with your eyes? If it's only with your eyes, it's Probably. most likely yeah. man-made or reverse technology. Right. But if you have an intuitive connection with what you see, then there's more to it. Yeah, Rob and I had had an experience one night. We were coming back from the town of Jupiter, which I thought was kind of an interesting. Interesting. <laughs> and uh, we saw this very strange thing in the sky. So we followed it. And we pulled into this parking lot, and there's this other guy in there going, you don't know what I saw. He's talking on the phone to his wife or his girlfriend. He goes, I saw a UFO, and, and it's up here. And, I mean, the guy was almost hysterical. Rob and I are going, okay, okay, so we followed the right thing. I yeah, mean, it, we, we still don't know what that was. I mean, I think it was a UFO, but. Well, it wasn't one. It was like seven uh, or eight Several. Seven or eight of them. And yeah. they were red. And yeah. yeah. We watched them for quite a while. Right. Well, so this guy was screaming at his wife. <laughs> <laughs> so it's great that it's coming out. It, it has to be. It has to come out. But also it can be used to freak out more people to keep them in fear. And if the agenda sounds, it's it's induced with the seed of fear, then just right. I would say stay away from it. Just let it for what it is. Because uh -huh. the real story is, to me, a, a positive one and not one to add more fear to it. Mm -hmm. I agree. One of the things we... When we went to, to Egypt, one of the things that I was looking for was signs of pre-Egyptian civilization or life right. or alien encounters. And one of the things that's prominent is the, let's see, get this up here. Oh, wow. Hathors. And I only found one of these, but it's the cow, they call them the cow head with the funny ears. Uh-huh. And those are many places in Egypt. However, most of them are destroyed. They're, they are destroyed uh, physically. What's that made of? Jade? No, this is made of uh, some kind of stone. It's, I oh, think some it's kind of stone. Native stone. I think it's a native stone. But it, this is the only one I could find in Egypt. We went to this um, place where they make these things. We saw some temples <laughs> oh. with them, yeah. And we saw some in the temples. And that's why I said, okay, they're here. The temples are here. Uh -huh. they, but many, many of them, they, they've been, you know, uh, destroyed with, um, physically destroyed. Right. So somebody doesn't want that message to get out way back when or recently. I don't know. But I was uh -huh. very intrigued with these. With that, And they're called Hathors. And that's part of the mythology is that the Hathors were a group of, of beings ah. in the earth. So I don't, I still don't know. We'll hold that up again. Let's t see that. That's pretty interesting. Where am I? Okay. Yeah. Up, oh, yeah. That's good. And the scare. Yeah, look at the eyes. Yeah. Yep. And the ears. The ears. Yeah. Are the ears too. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. 
And is this like a, a headdress or a hat or on the top? No, that's it. Mostly you just see the head. This is a scarab. That, that's one of their signs. Okay. Of oh, that's a scarab. Yeah. yeah, that's a scarab above it here. I, hmm. Sorry about moving it around. And I, yeah, that's all right. That, that's good. You can get a good uh -huh. view of that. So, yeah, that's the, that is the Hathor. And I was looking for him in the temples and also in the artifacts, you know, where they have, right. where you can buy little trinkets and stuff. And that's the only one I found. Huh. So, they're not. Prolific. Wonderful, I'll put it that yeah. way. Yeah. <clears throat> ah. Interesting. How was your experience overall in e Egypt while you're there? It's pretty, very good, very interesting. Again, I was uh, looking for certain um, information, certain things about the temples and and what they were, what they were practicing. You know, the, what the e Egyptians and the different dynasties and the different groups. So the reason why we kind of went to Egypt too. So the reason why Paul and I, we know that now came together divinely guided, you know, we, we wasn't our intent, but we knew we had to be together after all those synchronicities uh -huh. is to balance the masculine and the fe feminine energies in ourselves, in our relationship and in the world, because it's a little bit out of whack. We have that, you think? You know? <laughs> well, we, we live with the old masculine and the old feminine and the old masculine yeah. dominates and the old fe feminine manipulates and mm -hmm. we know that there's huge things beyond that where divine in the divine world divine feminine divine masculine work together to create right. you know, mm -hmm. beautiful things right so that's what our path has been so a friend mm -hmm. of mine in belgium uh, told me to read the book uh, the forbidden female speaks from pamela kribbe and she's from mm -hmm. the netherlands and she her story went she went very deep into uh, psychosis and she came out of it and uh, she got in contact with the original Mary Magdalene and Jeshua energies, not the religious figures, but right. the ones that seeded the consciousness into the earth and helped bring in that consciousness. So Pamela started uh, channeling Mary Magdalene, and um, she decided to do put this in a book, The Forbidden Female Speaks. And I hmm. read the book, and uh, <coughs> I put my name in her website, and shortly after, I get an email that she's going to do a retreat in Egypt about the Forbidden Female Speaks, where Mary uh. Magdalene, will, she will channel, and then everybody can ask a personal question. And she and was on this cruise? Uh, no. No, no, was, no, okay. No, no, this is, but this is the things that synchronistically come into our life. So uh -huh. after Mexico, this shows yeah. up. Yeah. And after, that's why we decided to go to Egypt on the way to Belgium. So yeah. it's, it's not Oh, okay. So it was like, well, we're going to Belgium. Let's just combine them. Let's go first to the retreat in Egypt and then fly to Belgium, be with my family <laughs> that we haven't seen since 2016. So we went to Egypt. And when we arrived there, we could feel we were right. The hotel was right on the Nile. Even the swimming pool was a floaty on the Nile and then the hotel. Wow. And we could <laughs> beautiful, feel beautiful this, this powerful... Uh, feminine nurturing nurturing this, loving energy this huh. really palpable energy and we were like what is this do you feel that yeah what is this is this the Nile we the Nile we're feeling you know but afterwards doing the retreat I know now it was the essence I mean the 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 energy of Mary Magdalene right. the presence of her in the, the area presence we yeah huh. that we and and it was like I'm talking to you Trish you know our relationship you're there I'm here right, right. talking I have now a friendship relationship with that energy. 
There's huh. nothing more or less between you and I or her and us. We're all in this together in this consciousness expansion deal. And Rob's included too. It's the, best, <laughs> the masculine side of this piece. Let's not leave that out, even though we've been bad. Right. We don't need to we don't well, need to now, throw out the whole masculine side. Now this isn't the religious concept of Mary Magdalene. No, no not, at all. not at all. Not at well, all. What is this? What is it? Well, as Pamela said, the reason why she's doing it in Egypt, because the original feminine power is very much still present in Egypt, because uh. the, the Catholic Church, and I don't want to, you know, bash that, uh. but the the Roman Catholic Church has misused their powers to uh, eliminate that true essence of the femininity. I can believe that, yeah. But in Egypt, that essence is still there hanging. And that's where Pamela, huh. because the, the Magdalene energy and the Jeshua energy, they were there in Egypt. They have, they lived there. Hmm. And they they kept that going there. So that's what Pamela is doing it there. So I am learning now, what does that mean? What does this, what is the true essence of the femininity? Not what the world's telling us what a right, right. woman looks like, but what is that divine feminine, divine masculine, and how do we balance that in ourselves? And that's Paul and I's that's work. That's our path. That's yeah. our path. That's huh. why we came Interesting. together. Wow. Well, what's Pamela's last name? I want to look at this book. Uh, Pamela Kribus, uh, her last name is K-R-I-B-B-E. And she's in the Netherlands, so all her books are written in Dutch, and then she translates it. <laughs> oh, she, she just okay. came out this well, week. The, the one that Forbidden Female Speaks is in English. Is in English. It's oh, it's in English. Okay. And many, she has now many in English. Now this week, I just I talked to her recently. This week, she came out with the Forbidden Mask uh, Male Speaks. Oh, interesting. From the point of the masculine, uh, and I asked her, "Is it in English?" No, she says, "I will have to translate it." So. <laughs> It's, it's, just coming, it's just coming out. Yes. So uh, these can be found on Amazon. Yeah, you found okay, them on Amazon. Okay, great. Wow. All of them, all of them are so in my intuitive feeling, so through the, the core of who I am and who we are as humanity. And it's it's so nurturing for me to, to uh. be. Yeah, I, I suggest everybody reading them. Yeah, and me too. It's very, very powerful. <clears throat> Mika, <How> much? <clears throat> go ahead. Yeah, I have to ask you another question from one of your stories in your book that I found really unusual. This was a story a about, lot of them. about your boss who actually vanished in front of you, not once, <laughs> three times. Uh, tell us about that. And uh, I was wondering if other employees had similar experiences with this person and who was this person? Well, um, <laughs> I was working for a store. And uh, our store director left the previous one. So we were up for a new one. And we had three candidates. And the store that I was working for was actually promoting all the team members to help decide who they think should be the next, because we're all working together. Uh -huh. It was a very, very positive way of doing things. So they encouraged us to talk. One day, all three of them would come to the store and we were encouraged to talk to them, ask our questions. How do how would they solve the problems for your department? Things like that. 
So, of course, I'm all into that, you know, me feeling people, you know, uh, with my intuitive gifts. I'm like, I'm interested in checking them out. So I, I run into the first candidate and I start talking to him and had a question, I had a great, great feeling about this guy. You know, he was real. He was connecting. He was just real, real in his being, real uh -huh. in his person. Yeah. I thought like, check the first one. Yeah, that's a yes for me. And then I see the second one coming, and I'm like, okay, number two. <laughs> Get ready. So I go, yeah. So I go up to him and say, hey, you know, nice to meet you. Can I ask you some questions? And I'm like in the, the first 30 seconds of our interaction. So I talk to him, and in mid-sentence, he's gone. <laughs> God. I'm standing there all by myself. And my mind goes like, uh you know i'm trying to figure out oh where'd he go you know where did he go and I'm i mean he just disappeared he just disappeared he vanished uh -huh. right in mid in the first 30 seconds of our conversation in a blink of an eye it was like i was blinking my eye and in that a third of a second i don't know how fast you blink an eye but i blink an eye and <laughs> i hope and, and he's gone and I'm standing oh, there like a fool. I'm just completely standing there like a fool. And my mind goes like, where did he go? <laughs> so I look at the pole. No, he's not. He can't be behind that pole. I mean, I'm, you know, my, my uh, detective mind yeah. goes like, okay, where did you go? You know, my, yeah. I got. Dance to the floor. I mean, yeah. yeah. He couldn't walk away that fast. I mean, it was literally a blink of an eye and he was gone. Anyway. And I'm just, he's gone. And I'm standing there for like half a minute or longer. I'm like, okay, I can't just stand, stand here. Like he didn't want the job. Huh? So and I walk back to my department, but I'm on guard now. If you do things like that with me, yeah, really. <laughs> uh, I'm on guard. So uh, I'm looking around, didn't see him. So after the, and, and the third person canceled. So there's only those two. Oh boy. The third person canceled. So and the whole day I'm just working and and I, after the end of the, the evening I, I start asking my colleagues, did you see this guy? And many said, No, no, I didn't talk to him. And there was only one person But they that, saw him. They yeah, did see well, him. Yeah. I mean he did, yeah. So most people were not interested in even talking to, to yeah. this. I was very interested in talking to the candidates. So one person said, Oh yeah, I talked to him. I said, What did you think about him? I wanted to get their feedback. Oh, I think he's nice. That was it. Hmm. I'm thinking, nice, not with me. <laughs> he vanished. Of nice, right. So anyway, so <laughs> then you start you start doubting your own mind, right? Yeah. Did I really see that? Did this happen? I'm trying to comprehend what, what happened. What happened? So anyway, <laughs> I can't talk to other people because only one person said they talked to him, mm. but he think they're nice. Well, that was off the table for me. So it happened twice more over the year. Over well, the... he got it. He got. He was. Oh yeah. He guess, was selected. Guess who's? Guess he who was selected. Is... Yeah. So guess who? By is... who? Who selected him? Well, you tell me. I mean, there's manipulation going on. You know, if wow. you can, if this is my my own personal opinion now and judgment. If you can disappear on people, you can manipulate another level. Yeah, right. If That's you, true. If Good you're point. working interdimensional realities <laughs> like that, you know how to handle this 3D world and do get where you want to be, right? That's my judgment, okay? That's my personal thing. So anyway, so he got selected. I was very God. disappointed, frustrated, and more on guard now because now I had to work with this guy. God. 
and he, my my bullshit detector, you know, my gut feeling, um, I didn't want to be around him. He, the <laughs> you, energy. Did you ever he, ask him how he did that? Did you ever ask? No, no. I was very on guard. Uh, wow. I knew he if he can do that to me, he knows who I am, right? I was just on guard. Every time I deal with him, I had this nausea feeling. Oh, I wow. did not, I did not, there was nothing normal, kind right. human to, to this personality, okay? And uh. I, I took her to work and it was at her store many, many times. And I would see this guy. I could, I could never connect to him, Trish. Rob, I, you know, I'd like, hey, ha, ha. he did, he would uh, not, he would not engage. wouldn't acknowledge you. Yeah, yeah, right? I wouldn't acknowledge me yeah. or engage. Right. Huh. But you know, then Mika and I start sharing. I said, "What the heck? What's wrong with your director, store director?" So anyway, so I, mm. you start doubting your mind because you know, uh, and I then let it go. You know, I was always on guard going to work. Um, never had a good feeling about this guy. So then one day it happened again. So I'm making copies upstairs where all the offices are and the store director's office was right on the other side of the copy machine so i'm making copies and i feel him hear him feel him coming out of his office and he comes uh on the side the left side of the copy copy machine where i was making my copy and i look at him and i I acknowledge him i say hi and in that acknowledgement while i say hi to him gone again jeez now you can fool me once, <laughs> you know. You can fool me twice, but now I was like, okay, that was a confirmation that okay, first time really happened because the second time, yeah, it was a confirmation. Nobody else was in the copy room, just you. It was not a copy room; it was just an open space. Oh, okay. And all huh. the other offices were open there. Um, so I was like, okay, val- check validation. First time happened <laughs> all in this one second, right? Okay, like. God. The first time I'm standing there like a fool, not now, I'm immediately checking. Go to his office, go to all the offices. I'm just taking action, right? I go to the stairs. I check all my possible uh, places where he could go right. in that moment. I take action. Nothing to be seen. Hmm. I'm like, okay, at least I was validated, right? I'm not nuts. I'm not crazy. It happened again. Yeah. And then it happened the third time again. Uh, <laughs> it was not in, in direct contact with each other face-to-face or in communication on the store floor i was on, on the floor i was helping another department stalking their department he passes and while he passes i noticed felt and noticed him and as he passes in that passing in the aisle boom he disappeared again i'm like okay i know who i'm Jeez. dealing with <clears throat> right. what were you dealing with what i mean is he an interdimensional well, being or what well, well, good question. Then question. Uh, I, I wrote that part in the book too. I had my boss at that time, so he was the director. But my my direct boss had some uh, negative uh, experiences, just in personal things going on too. Feedback. Yeah, but at at a certain moment, I'm in my department, and in the other department, uh, next to my department, there is my boss plus two other team members. And it was just after the lunch rush. We're talking about food sector here, food, food uh-huh. service. So the most, everybody had their food around noon, you know, it's like two or three o'clock right. or something where it's a little low dip. So he comes in. So I'm on the side in my department, not in the main department. And I'm just observing. He comes in 
and he puts a picture under the nose of my boss, who is the, the manager of the department. And she starts freaking out and says, oh, my God. And she goes in this <laughs> reaction of disgust. And I'm just standing there. I know who I'm dealing with, you know, I'm uh, interdimensional, wow. whatever. So I'm just observing. I don't give a kick. I'm just standing there solidly grounded in myself, observing. <laughs> and uh, he goes to the other person, put that same picture into the other <clears throat> person. Same response, freaking out. How are you doing that? La, 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 la. And he gets this smile and this grin on his face. He was he was enjoying the reaction. He was feeding on their fear. Okay, that's uh -huh. what my opinion is right now. He was feeding on that, and he walks out with his. And then he takes off, and I am just I keep my ground, and then I tell ask my boss what was on the picture. Just very calm. Yeah, really. I mean, <laughs> I'm not interested in playing that game with him, right? And they say, I don't know why it's a cutting up limbs, some body some parts. horrible body parts cutting Ooh. up something. Mm. And that was again confirmation for me. Okay, I'm not dealing here with a normal human being who's heart centered. Or a nice person. <laughs> or a nice person. Or an, yeah, really. <laughs> anyway, so Ooh. that's uh, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, I think I would have quit. <laughs> well, uh no i just i'm learning to hold my own ground i'm trying to figure out what's going on here it was very uncomfortable we moved away at a certain moment it was clear for several reasons the area we were living in we were done there the job i was ready to move away from that uh -huh. energy you know and we did move then we moved to california and then we met travis walton and that whole uh -huh. wow so what are you two doing now? Are you living in an RV, did you say, in uh, South Dakota? Correct. Yeah. Yes. So we've been traveling since 2017 in an, in an RV. Uh, that's another long story. But at this moment, <laughs> we are here in South Dakota in an RV resort where our RV stays here. When we come here in the summer, if we want to, they pull it to the side. Uh -huh. And it's very comfortable. And we recently decided we're going to spend a year in florida starting in october so that's did you find doing. which uh, is it the tampa area it's the tampa area yeah so we're gonna rent a place there for a year to kind of figure you know feeling try it out. sarasota i think sarasota might suit you guys better don't you think well Rob? we we were the last two mm -hmm. winters in bradenton which is close to sarasota <laughs> Uh, we really like that. I and, mean, was... Yeah, but we're following our guidance, and our guides uh -huh. brought us to where we are now. So, oh, to Bradenton. Well, no, to yeah. uh, close uh, to the Tampa area. Closer to Tampa, but does your guidance know about Sarasota? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I always have to say, okay, does the guidance know? <laughs> <laughs> it's you know we're kind of following what feels right and what comes easy. You know, if we uh -huh. decide on something and it. We feel friction or the, the communication doesn't happen. That we say, okay, it's time to let to let it be. Let it go. You know, it's, it's not meant to be. If it if it's a lot of roadblocks, we don't. Yeah, right. We say well, let us know when you get there because we can drive across the state in a couple hours and yeah, go have lunch should, with you yeah, guys. Should, you know. Yeah. I would like yeah. that. That would yeah. be great. That would be fantastic. Are you uh, writing? Going to write another book or working on another one at this time, Mika? Uh, yes, I kind of have already. When I started writing my episode every two weeks, my life story from my birth with all uh -huh. these abnormal, everything happened. And I have about 56 uh, or 65 um, uh, episodes, episodes written, yeah. chapters written, episodes written. Uh, so I need to edit that. 
and that will be like three different books. But I'm also getting a lot of information about the masculine feminine that we are. Yeah, I like this. Yeah, uh, I, I kind of get the feeling I need to start with that one. Um, then I do want to translate the book we just put out in Dutch. That you and Paul put out a book in Dutch? Yeah. Many people, we went to Belgium, many people there bought the book and they're asking, is it coming out in Dutch? So most people read and write, uh, do English, but many are asking for the Dutch version. Yeah. So yes, the answer is yes. I'm not so sure yet. The next one, and most likely it will be the masculine feminine uh, experiences uh -huh. we have. I just have one more question. We're coming to the end of the hour here. Uh, one that we missed. I think, uh, are you kidding me? We did two hours with them. <laughs> uh, tell us about the experience you had at age 11 while you're riding your bike. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, my parent, my grandparents started a bookstore even before my, my dad was born. And then my parents took over the bookstore. I mean, most, mostly my mom because my dad was almost blind. You know, my mom was the the one who did the business uh -huh. and drove the car. My mom was kind of more the masculine action force in, in the household and my dad was taking care of the kids. So we had the bookstore and then we have a home about, what, three miles away in the countryside. No, no less, than that, less than three miles. Yeah. And uh, so with the bike, you know, we, we drive to the store and home. I like that freedom I had just to go wherever I wanted to go between the two states. So one day I was driving from my house to the bookstore and I had to cross a big crossroads, uh, four lanes, you know, coming two lanes that way and two lanes that and then again across and at that time that was what uh 81 1981 there was no lights you had to stop <laughs> with your bike go halfway stop oh, yeah. and then you know as you feel is safe so that's what i did i i crossed halfway stopped and i saw in the distance coming a car a red car but it was way out there and in my 11 year old mind i didn't know it was a sports car and i didn't know it was going full speed so in my 11-year-old logic, well, there's a car far enough. I'm just going to go and do the, the next leg. So I jump on my bike and I go, I drive over. Now, I did not know that it was going there so fast. So all of a sudden, the brakes, I was driving. I wasn't even paying attention to the car anymore. I was going, looking in front of me. At a certain moment, the brakes of my bike engaged by themselves Yes. I almost, so my bike stops abruptly. I almost flew over my handlebars <laughs> and about an inch in front of my bike, I see a red blur going, wing. Oh boy. And I knew yeah. it was that car because I've seen the red in yeah. distance, but it, just an inch. So my, the brakes go by itself. My bike stops. This car goes wing in front of me. And at that moment, with my 11-year-old logic, I said, okay, I got it. I wasn't supposed to be dead yet because I should have been. <laughs> and then I'm thinking, I wonder what in my future I have to do that I'm safe right now of being dead. That was my thinking. Yeah, I could see why. I knew there was something out there in the future that was so important. I was like, what's so important that I not that I'm saved right now? Because I it wasn't my doing. I was supposed to be dead. Uh -huh. well anyway. you could, you had to meet Paul. That That's for sure. That that was part of was, yeah, yeah, and many other reasons, you know, start sharing yeah. our stories. I mean there's uh, raising the kids. I mean there's so right. many reasons. 
But then a week later, it was fascinating, in that same street, but over another bridge, same street further, I'm again on my little bike, and I see there a car parked, and I see blood on the road, so there was wow. an accident, and in the front shield of that window, the cracked window, was a, a chunk of long blonde hair, which oh. I had at the time, too. And it was a reminder of what just happened the week before. And I was thinking that could have been me or that should have yeah. been This girl or woman was not as lucky as I was. That was my thinking one week later when I saw that, you know, accident there in front of me. Who was this driver? Did they ever get him? <laughs> no, oh no, no, no. I mean, there was no witness. I just, the, 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 the bike stopped. I, I realized I was supposed to be dead. I wasn't. And I just drive to to the store. The, the brakes work. The, yeah. And I, I said, like, yeah. oh, is there something wrong with my bike? Right. And, mm. uh, you know, my logic wants yeah. to figure out what happened. And no, my my brakes were like, normal again. I just jumped on my bike and kept going. Something oh. intervened. Something stopped right. me from, from being uh, hit by that car. It's my life. Yeah, I have. A, I don't know, but it's this is the book, right? Yeah. My life is a mystery. Yeah. It's like two people dancing in the galaxy. That's one of our synchronicities. Also, that's written in the book. That's why um, that picture is on there. And hey, uh, just hey, just real quick, just real quick. Everything froze on me for about thirty seconds. So okay. uh -oh. we got we got to the end of the bike story, and then <laughs> all, next thing I saw was was uh Mika hold, holding up the book. So <laughs> if we uh -oh. wanna oh okay into the bike story. Right. So oh, uh this is yeah, there it is. Yeah, so on the front of the book is the galaxy. My life is a mystery, the galaxy and two people, a male and a female dancing, because that's one of the synchronicities that we had Paul's experience where he you know, he saw a galaxy in my eyes when we did the male female um <laughs> experience and that's why I put that picture on. Huh. I saw this, yeah, from across the room, I saw Mika, who I barely Yeah, knew. I like that description in the yeah. book. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, yeah. I see that, and it's like, okay, I got to pay attention, but I wasn't looking <laughs> for anything, so I didn't tell her. Yeah. And I don't know when uh, I finally told her that, you know what? Uh, right. So, I do have a website. I have actually never put it out in public. Well, I will do Oh, right come now. on, you guys. You you got to make all this public. And I'm, with your travels, too. You I know, know, I mean, you could have a travel website. It would be fascinating. I mean, your experiences alone in Egypt. Right. No. So, anyway, so in 2000, I did a HTML class to make my own <laughs> HTML website. And that's what I'm using, okay? <laughs> so I made a little HTML basic website and the, the, the URL is www.angelfire.com slash music slash light one. Uh-oh. Yeah. WordPress is easier. <laughs> well, I will need I will need somebody who can help me because I want to spend my time writing and not... Um, <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, I did that. Uh, it gives a little synopsis of who we are, all the episodes, the titles of the episodes of the other things that I wrote are on there. Are they episodes? Um, or just the titles? It's just the titles. And uh, I also share there what I'm helping people with. So my 
my uh, my joy. Let's put it that way. My uh-huh. joy is to assist people. I'm not a you know. I'm not saying I'm a healer. I'm a counselor. No, I'm not. I just assist people to finding their own truth and right. be who they are and find your own joy in yourself. So, and I do that just with talking to people on the road. You know, we we little little support here and there. So, yeah. that's what yeah. I like to do. So I got Angel Fire. What did you say after Angel Fire? Angelfire.com slash music slash light one. And there there you can see. Yeah. (laughs) Music dot what? Music slash light. Light and then number one. Just light one. Light one. Okay. Okay, thank WordPress, you. WordPress, WordPress. <laughs> we talked to you. Well, this, I, looked uh, in, I looked into WordPress before, and I was like, oh, that's a little bit of a, a curve to learn. Curve, yeah. I don't know. Oh. No, it really is. Hey, if I can do it, anybody can do it. I'm okay. not a computer person, so, okay. you know, start so, there. <laughs> our golden retriever, Nigel, is up, and he, he always knows <laughs> uh, the end of the podcast because he... Lays underneath my desk until right at the end, and now he's now he's, he's ready, ready to go to the dog park. <laughs> oh, there it is! Excellent. That's our that's our other leaders, our yeah. our, our dogs. Yeah, and, it's yeah. so true. Nigel, show yourself. There he oh, is. Oh, look at that! <laughs> the golden retrievers are my favorite breed. I have. They one. are great. Yeah. He's our third. Yeah. He's a wonderful and in the dog. Book, in the book too, there's a whole section about our animals and animal communication. It's one of my my heart-based uh, activities. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Great yeah, talk to both of you. Yeah, this was so thanks, much Rob. fun, you guys. And please Appreciate let it. us know when you move. Yeah, yeah let us know. Thanks, Trish. Because we, we uh, definitely want to come over and have lunch and yeah. hang yeah, out. We, first part of October, we'll be moving in, getting settled. And, yeah. and okay. Yeah. All Good. right. Excellent. Well, yeah, thank you again. This has been wonderful. <laughs> well, thank you. Thanks for fun. reaching out. And then thanks for actually putting together the... <laughs> Uh, implements necessary to do the webcast yeah i mean this is great i knew when i met you two on the cruise i thought okay we're having them on the podcast <laughs> <laughs> you know it's that feeling that's it the feeling fails. That's, it, guys. That's, that's right yep. it really well thank does. you so much well, very thank nice you to guys. meet you and get a chance to talk with you bye-bye okay bye-bye. take care you all <laughs> we'll do you too bye-bye bye-bye Thanks for joining The Mystical Underground. Visit www.themysticalunderground.com for the latest blog post and book info. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcast app. Listen to the podcast at podcast.themysticalunderground.com. Follow Trish and Rob on Instagram at Trish and Rob McGregor. Follow us on Twitter at The Mystic Cast. Send email to podcast at themysticalunderground.com. And until next week, thank you for listening and stay mystical. Mystical.